It's time to shed light on the over 30 million souls who enter a nightly battle with obstructive sleep apnea. Join award-winning board-certified otolaryngologist Dr. Mother Kandula and best-selling author Jason Tierney in Out of Breath, a special six-part podcast series that will set the record straight on the topic of sleep medicine and dentistry. Let's dive in. We're back. We are back. Again. Yes, again. Yeah. Last time we talked about dentists and oral appliance therapy and prescribing habits of physicians as well, which typically is PAP related. Correct. When I speak with dentists, the topic of nasal patency, of, of the nasal airway, is something that really isn't on the radar. I mean, they know that it's important. You've got mm-hmm. to, you're supposed to breathe through your nose. Right. They know that. Yep. But there's usually not a lot of discussion with their patients about it. And I don't think most know what to do. Yeah. And, I, and I'd say true for dentists, true for um, physicians in general. And, and um, yeah, and, and, and it's an important factor. I mean, obviously, you know, we have noses for a reason. And um, I, I mean, really, let me just kind of flip this back around. We, we talked about how, you know, sort of we start or I started Advent and, you know, the trajectory there. But um, my reason for being in many ways, Advent's reason for being, I mean, we unlock potential. That's our why. Like, that's why we show up for work every day. But how we unlock potential is to um, allow people to breathe in the manner that they're supposed to breathe. And that starts with the nose and it starts with the nose every time. Um, and that one, it's a, um, it's a bit of a magic trick and it's, it, and it works, you know, I mean, honestly, every time, meaning that you take somebody whose nose isn't working properly and you do something simple to get that nose working properly, you've profoundly changed that person's life. Now, you take that same person whose throat is also not working properly and you use an oral appliance or a CPAP or you know whatever you're gonna use to keep that throat open, now you've done something uh, extraordinarily profound. You've gotten the start of the airway working, you've got their throat open when they're sleeping at night, you definitively have changed that person's life and you might you might have saved that person's life so you know i think that it's a, it's a super important aspect of of um life itself massively underappreciated and we talked about like there's usually a reason for everything so I, you know like i you know you said it and i'll said i said it back to you like people don't don't get it and 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 they don't appreciate it and i appreciate why they don't appreciate it because they they don't they don't understand it and they don't there's nothing they can do about it and so i think if you think about these turf wars that develop or this misunderstanding that develops it's because if you're a dentist trying to get folks in oral appliance therapy because that's the tool that you have um the, in many ways, the last thing you want to do is send somebody out of your office to go to see an ENT to maybe have something done with your nose because that patient may never come back to you. And I understand that. Um, so I think there's a natural tendency for human beings to hold on to what they have and um, to not want to hand off somebody to somebody else because you may not get that person coming back to you. Um, and then and then uh, let me take it even to a next level. Then most ENTs... Um, don't do what we do at Advent. So at Advent, we focus focus on office based procedures to open nose and sinuses. That's what we do. Yeah. So so for listeners, you know, I don't mean to to stage this as a as a commercial for Advent, but yeah. what is it? 
that Advent does. Yeah, I mean, so our, um, well, we fix breathing triangles, we open up the nose. So our specific procedures, the most common procedures that we do at Advent, um, one would be something called a turbinate reduction, which is just shrinking down the little humidifiers in the nose. So that's a very simple and elegant procedure to allow somebody to breathe properly through the nose. And then the and a very, another very common procedure that we do at Advent is, is called balloon sinuplasty. So um, and this is all, all, all of these things are under, are under local anesthesia. So we numb, thing, numb, numb folks up and get it done. And with balloon sinuplasty, we're using a balloon uh, that is uh, gently entered into the sinus passageway, expanded to open and, you know, removed. And so when, when uh, you say balloon, mm -hmm. I think probably most people that are unfamiliar are thinking about like a a water balloon or can a party you, balloon. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, we're not, it's not like shaped or, or as a, a spy balloon. Uh, um, yeah. The Chinese spy yeah. balloon. That's, that's actually an advent balloon. No, it's not an advent <laughs> balloon. We did not create the Chinese spy balloon, but, um, no, the, the balloon is an angioplasty type balloon. So if, if folks, I think people are sort of semi-familiar with that is that there's th th these balloons that we're talking about, it goes from, um, it's about a millimeter when we get it into the sinus opening and we inflate it to six millimeters. So you take something that's shut and all of a sudden you open it up to six millimeters. Mm -hmm. It's a bony opening. So when we make that change, it stays, we microfracture it open. Um, so I, I guess sort of to come back at like, well, you know, uh, I, well, I, let me just complete the thought of most ENTs don't do these office procedures. So they focus, if somebody comes in to see them, their thought is, is it bad enough that I've got to take you to the operating to operating room to fix this? If it isn't, go away. You're kind of bothering me. And if it is, okay, great. And, but I'm going to take you to the operating and I'm going to do something more invasive, um, to get things open, which may be fine and necessary, but oftentimes it's not. And so for us at Advent, we have very simple ways to do really important things, and um, and and that allows us to make that happen, you know, very very frequently. So you, you kind of you know pointed out the fact that there are many dentists, including dentists in the dental sleep community, that don't necessarily appreciate the nose. And so for those individuals, I have a very very simple um, lesson to, to 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 teach. And I'll start with you. So I'll ask you a very simple question. What's the, do you have a definition of of? I'm I'm gonna your, I'm gonna yeah. jump in there for a second. Sure. I, I, those dentists, especially those that, that are in the dental sleep community, they, they understand the import of nasal breathing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's, I, I assure you, if you talk to them, you wouldn't find one that would go, oh, well, that's not important. Mm -hmm. The issue is that you, it's, it's circling back to what you touched on earlier which is, I don't know what to do about it. Correct. I, I don't have a solution. Yeah, right? and, so, and, and I guess- So I just, I wanna be and, sure and that's that I'm a, not- And that's a really important point because I, I and let me just make this statement, um, and I'm gonna one-up you on your statement, as I'd say, um, most dentists, maybe all dentists that I've met and talked with who are part of the dental sleep community, uh, understand the power of the nose uh, more than uh, all physicians and most of my ENT colleagues. So meaning that, I, so I believe the dental sleep community is at a higher level of understanding about the importance of breathing in general and, and breathing through the nose. So I don't mean to, if that wasn't unclear, if that was uh, not clear, I want to make that clear. You just made it clear. So, so with that clarity though, and then I would agree, then there's just not much you can, you know, what, what's the ask? And again, especially if, if you don't have an advent in your backyard, what are you going to do with that patient that you know has, has problems? When I was on the podcast um, with, with you and, and Aaron, Elliot, I remember she was talking about like, I think she's got a good go-to resource, but even that go-to resource, you can't tell somebody else what to do. You can't tell, she can't go and tell them to say, you know, you have to do whatever, right? They're going to do what they're going to do. And, um, 
again, most people don't have access to these simple office-based procedures. Therefore, it's a, it's, it's a problem. Um, kind of where I was going before, but just to make it a very simple statement is a healthy nose means that the, the nasal airways are open, the sinus airways are open, and the lining is calm. That's what a, that's what a human being needs in order to function properly. Um, 100% of folks who have sleep apnea have throats that are not working for them. It's, they're too small for their body. Uh, almost all of those same individuals have um, impacted nose and sinus anatomy. So when I say almost all, 80% of those folks have issues in the nose and sinuses. And when you don't treat those first, what you end up with is exactly what happens with PAP failure is you have somebody with a, th a nose and throat issue, you skip the nose, you slap a CPAP mask on them. They don't like it because they can't breathe through their nose. They don't know that. And so they just take it off and they go about their life. Yeah. And I'm sure I know this happens is if somebody's um, seeing a, a dental sleep practitioner and has put in oral appliance yet doesn't really have the, the the proper ability to breathe through their nose, they struggle with appliance. They're not struggling necessarily with the appliance. They're struggling with breathing through the nose. And so if you have an appliance in your mouth and you can't breathe through your nose, you're not going to do very well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of what we do at Advent is we start at the beginning and you know we play our cards sort of in the order that they're meant to be played where none of our patients we're, we are never going to put a patient um, into an appliance um, without having a proper uh, a proper nose nose open sinuses open lining calm it's a it's mandatory it's not a nice to have it's not a oh I hope that this is, is in place it's a you come in to see us, that's where we're going to go. And, and, uh, if, assuming there's issues there, obviously, but you know, regardless, I, I'd say that and when you do it that way, I mean, this, I mean, for me, the reason I'm so passionate about what we do is that, you know, there's a simple and effective process that we can put, um, everybody through anybody through that works, um, as well as anything at work. And and therefore, you know, why we're growing as an organization is because I want to get that out to as many people who could benefit from that. And then on the flip side, I said it before, is even as big as as big as Advent ever gets, we will never scratch the surface of the need that's out there sure. in the community. So part of what I'm looking to do, what I want to do, is to create um a large tent, a tribe of people who are not just in it for themselves, but are in it for, for treating the patients that are there in front of them. And, you know, I'm going to need, we're going to need all of our dental sleep colleagues, any ENT who gets it, all our, dent, all our sleep medicine docs who get it. Like we need all of those folks in the posse. Um, so I can't, have, I have no beef. I have no argument with uh, anybody who is, um, you know, really providing good breathing triangle care. So when, when you are working or when you're working to forge that tribe, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what actions are you taking to do that? Um, you know, I, I get, I think how I try to forge that tribe is always be uh, do unto others as I would hope that they would do unto, unto me. Meaning that, I mean, I think for me, um, it's always trying to be of service to those in my community who are working on the same, you know, issues that we're working with, if that makes any sense. So very specific. We kind yeah. Of, yeah. It, can you, can, it, it gets back to the kumbaya a yeah, little bit before, sure. but it, it, this is a truthful kumbaya is that, you know, um, when I started the practice, there wasn't, you know, dental sleep medicine was kind of at its infancy, but, you know, really let's call it five to 10 years into, to, to doing that. Um, we, I, it, and again, we started in Milwaukee, we started with one practice. And so I identified a couple of, um, you know, dental sleep practitioners that I, I, I was aware of. And then how do you vet those folks? 
you don't. You basically say how I vet people is here. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of see if you if I think you got the right stuff, and then I'm gonna send you a patient, and then I'm going to hope that you treat them well, and then and then I'm gonna you know sort of see how that patient you know feels when they get back to me, and then you know if, they, if we have a good interchange like that or exchange like that, then we're just gonna keep going. Sure. And so you know over the course of of my career in Advents, um, you know sort of time and being, we've literally. Um, uh, put thousands of patients into oral appliance therapy by working with dentists in the community. And um, those same dentists, when they have patients that they have nose or sinus issues, or they think they have nose or sinus issues, or maybe they need throat surgery, whatever the case may be, then they were able to send them my way, our yeah. way. And then that's a very nice, healthy, collegial relationship. Yeah. And so that's that's the start of a, a small tribe, I guess is what I would say. Um, and then I think the challenge, though, is with those individuals, whether it's dental sleep practitioners or um, sleep med docs who are part of those sort of head down sheep, you know, they, you can't, I don't know how you say this, you cannot get a sheep to look up um, unless it wants to look up. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm gonna, you know, like meaning that I, I can't, the system that's broken that I'm trying to, um, whatever, you know, change right. my, my, you know, strategy to change that system is not to shout at the wall, but mm -hmm. is to connect to patients that we can help and educate those people who might, um, be willing to be educated. And there are a lot of people who don't want to be educated. There's a lot of people who, there are a lot of happy sheep mm -hmm. out there, um, sitting in their flocks, uh, heads down. And, um, I, 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 how do you so, say so one of the things that you're talking about is I'm going to, I'm going to connect some dots here if mm -hmm. that's all right. Um, you know, with these tribes and their sort of in, insistence on doing what they've always done and they don't want to learn, they don't want to change their behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of the, so something I see a lot in dental sleep medicine is dentists that are sort of new to the field. There's this, they look at dental sleep medicine and they think there's this mystique mm -hmm. to dental sleep, like, um, you know, there are these unique payer issues or there's this, uh, this, these unique issues with dealing with physicians. Mm -hmm. And I've always looked at that and said, yeah, sure. Th those are challenges that they have to contend with. Mm -hmm. But the real issues are just human issues. Mm -hmm. It's an issue of communicating it's an issue of relating to one another and trying to understand, you know, what makes someone tick mm -hmm. and addressing them in a way that is aligned with, you know, their values and beliefs, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing from you is not, it's not a professional issue. It's not that ENTs think this way or physicians behave that way or dentists do this. It's those those professions, they're people mm -hmm. and they have human issues, right? Humans, you know, just generally speaking here are, are sheep, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. As you mentioned previously. So with that, it's almost like you, you have to adopt, it's almost this nihilistic approach. I mean, while you're saying, you know, I have this positive this positive view where I want to make an impact. I want to make a change. And mm -hmm. at the same time, they're people and sure. they won't change. Correct. <clears throat> so then what do we, are we just done here? Let's just <laughs> wrap it up, everybody. It's We're, a wrap. It's let's, a wrap. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I hear I'm like, like touch on some of the things you said, and I'd say uh, uh, definitively, in my opinion, there is a wall between the house of medicine and let's just call it dental sleep medicine or whatever you want to call it. That wall, there is a wall that exists there, and some of the payer issues are, are because that wall exists. Um, pay, you know, payers, health health insurance payers, they don't want to get into the whole dentistry thing. It's a whole, it's a it's a different ball game. Like there's, you know, if you kind of have two stadiums in the house of medicine, it's insurance all the time. It's you know, there, there's certain there's a way there's a way the game is played, and over in the house of dentistry, there's the way that 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 the game is played. And there's certain rules on each place. And so, but there is a wall between medicine and dentistry. And, um, and this is, I, I'm going, I want to make this explicitly clear. This isn't, I'm not, I am just the messenger here, but I'm, I'm going to say that wall is uh, many of the bricks, most of the bricks in that wall, all of the bricks, almost all the bricks have been placed by the house of medicine between medicine and dentistry. So you have somebody, a dental sleep medicine practitioner who wants to, you know, either uh, get, grow their practice, uh, connect with more um, physicians to grow their practice. Uh, they have to break through that wall. And um, it's really hard to break through walls. And sure. I'm going to tell you, um, it's, in my opinion, um, it's not, it's not impossible, but it is almost impossible to break through that wall on the dentist side trying to come in. The only way you're going to be able to get through is if you can find a physician in the house of medicine who sees you, uh, understands what you're able to do and is able to kind of chip a little hole through to, to, to get folks sent through, but otherwise it's not going to happen. You know, now me, I'm sitting on the, in the, on the medicine side of this wall and I want to break the wall down. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, there's some misunderstanding about that, but I think the wall, so just to be clear, that wall exists. Um, it is really hard. I mean, I think, you know, I, I know in, you've got a great book and I've read it and I, I, and there's a lot of good points in there. Um, but it isn't for the faint of heart. I mean, I think, and I don't, I can't remember from in, in the book if that's there, but I think there's, 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 there's truth to, to some of those, um, gripes, uh, about, you know, there's, there, there are some legitimate hard aspects and, and there are some situations that just are not fair, if you want to call it that way. And then my advice to you, if, when you're in a situation that's not fair is to, to deal with it is to do what you can do and, yeah. and stop worrying about whatever you can't control. Um, but anyway, th th there is a, there is a divide there between the, the two different areas of, of, yeah, and, of healthcare. And in the book, I mean, that was something I really tried to center. I'm, that's a belief of mine is that, you know, for that, that you talked about it as a wall, mm -hmm. but I mean, for, for a real meaningful shift to happen, mm -hmm. I mean, it's gotta be a tectonic shift sure. to, to alter the landscape. And, you know, that's probably happening, but it's slow, takes a lot of pressure and over a lot of time. And because of that, I would say to dentists that the onus is on you to take the initiative to change. I mean, in some ways, what you've done with Advent, it's like have an impact on the little pocket of the world that I live in. Yeah. So if you're a dentist, go out there and you know, chip away mm -hmm. and you will find, you'll, you'll likely find that person to, you know, help open up that, that hole for you to, to, to climb through. But thinking that somebody's coming to save you or the profession is going to change or some professional body or organization is going to alter the landscape more favorably for, for any clinician is, is a pipe dream. Yeah. You've I, got to make it happen. 
you exactly. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, and it's, it's a hokey thing, but I actually believe it is be the change you want to see in the world. And, and, and so if you want this thing to happen, you take ownership and make it happen. And then I'd say, um, back to the tectonic plates that, you know, may or may not shift. Um, have you ever been in an earthquake? Yeah. I don't know if I have, but I would imagine earthquakes are pretty, dis- they're, they're, it's not very comfortable, I would imagine, when you, if, if you're in a decent size one. Is that true? Sure. It's like, it's like, what's going on? Like, if all of a sudden we had an earthquake going on here, you know, the, the, it's the room is discomforting. It's discomforting. Um, yet that's how tectonic plates, when they really shift, they shift. And I guess um, I will, I, I, you know, back to this wall that I was describing where the House of Medicine has a dentistry, uh, I believe a wholeheartedly with what you said is, is control what's in front of you, uh, you know, be your own destiny, so forth and so on. On the flip side, I'd say I'm sitting over here in the house of medicine and I will, uh, we will, uh, we are attempting to break that wall down. And so it's disrupting. It can be like when that wall is coming down, um, I understand how it might feel when you're on the dental side of things. But, um, when that wall is down is where the future changes. And I don't believe, I, I mean, I, I believe in a lot of things, but I don't have magical thinking. And knowing the entrenched interests that exist in the dental sleep medicine community, and, and, and we'll just call it the, the whatever sleep medicine community, like there are a lot of sheep in those communities and, and they, those sheep have no ability to change what's going on. What's, what's going on. And how do you, how do you make change? Um, in my little corner of the world, we are making change and we will break that wall down. And part of what we do, part of what I'm trying to do is to be an advocate, um, not for the sheep, but for people out there who deserve to know that there are alternative treatment options for sleep apnea, like oral appliance therapy. And there are other ones too, but th- I think that the challenge there is that, you know, that message, in my opinion, has to come from the medicine side of the house. And when it does, it resonates in a way that it almost, I wouldn't say can't, but it's going to be really hard to do on the dental side. So if you have somebody, and I'm not, I'm just one person, but if you have somebody who's advocating for oral appliance therapy, um, on the, that, that exists in the house of medicine, that's, I mean, basically how you break the wall down is, is you get a posse of folks on the medicine side that want to tear that wall down and the wall will come down. You get a posse of folks on the house of the dentistry that want to get that wall to come down. It's not going to come down. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just being truthful. I'm being the messenger here. And um, so, you, so you're Dennis, dental sleeps inside guy. You're the I inside am. man. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm certainly, you know, I'm the, I'm the last thing from, uh, you know, a threat, if that, if that, you know, I guess I, how do you say this? I'm, I'm a threat to anybody. If, if here's where I, I am off, this is a threat. Anybody who stand, <laughs> if, if you're going to stand in the way of me trying to give the best care for my patient, yeah, you better, I, I don't like you and I'm going to do everything in my power. I don't, I don't need to like destroy you, but I need to move you out of my way and I'm going to do what I need to do. So yeah, I, I'd say you get in my way of, of the patient that I'm trying to treat. I'm, this is a threat and here it is a threat. If, if though on the flip side, you don't do that and I wouldn't advise you to do that. Um, then yeah, I'm, I'm here from the future and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to <laughs> tell you about all the good things that'll happen in the future where, you know, patients have access to all treatments for obstructive sleep apnea, including oral appliance therapy. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I've been, I've been living in the future, this future for let's call it a decade. And it's a, I mean, let me, let me describe this future. This future is where 
patients have awareness of the options that exist. These same patients, um, we start at the beginning of the airway, which is the nose. These patients magically have noses and sinuses that are working and, and functional. And when necessary, you get them to into the appliance if necessary, that's appropriate. Whether that's CPAP or oral appliance therapy, the right treatment for the right individual at the right time is magic. That's the future. Um, it doesn't have to be a future state. It's a present state yeah. where we are, and, and it can be a present state everywhere, but it requires collaboration. So let me get in my DeLorean and go back to the future. Yeah. And when, when you first started working with dentists a, a decade or so ago, yeah. you know, it was a, a gradual, pro, an iterative process to get to where you are today. Yeah. So describe that, that process and, and sort of what you learned about what works and what doesn't work when it comes to working with dentists and, and oral appliance therapy. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things worked and some things didn't work. I mean, I think, you know, what, what generally is a barrier when you have a collaboration between any two clinicians is the, it's a handoff. I'm a sports analogy guy. So you know, if you don't want to fumble the ball, you hold it with two hands and you never let it go. Um, if, you know, every time you hand it off, there's a chance you might fumble it. And so that's the most dangerous thing you'll do um, is handing it off. So, and so if I have a patient that I'm holding on to with both hands and I'm going to now send them over to you, I'm handing the ball off to you mm-hmm. and I've got to trust you. And um, trust is built up over time. And so anyway, you know, when, when things, when we first started, um, it was just understanding that this is an option. This can be an effective option. And when we offer it to, to individuals for whom it looks like it's going to be effective, it, it was. And, and then when you sort of, and we did this for almost from the beginning, made sure that their nose is working, that, that's a really magical so thing. So how would you make that determination about who it may or may not be effective for? Um, you know, unlike, you know, we talked about the sort of the stereotypical mindset where it's CPAP or, you know, CPAP or the highway for um, most physicians. I don't, I don't have, how do you say it? I was programmed the same way, but the programming didn't stick because it doesn't make sense to me when I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a hater, but I'd say when I see a CPAP machine, I see something that I would rather not have to use unless I have to use it. And that's, I mean, I, as that sort of, I, I come to my patients with the mindset that's very much, I think, um, in line with how they think. And so like, you know, in my world, as a specific example, if I have a nose that doesn't work because the anatomy is shut down and there's an option to have an office procedure or surgery, uh, I want the choice and I'm going to choose the office procedure. Sure. So my colleagues, my ENT colleagues, most of them don't give their patients that benefit of that choice. I don't think that's right. Um, so regardless, I'd say that same thing. And so when I'm talking to somebody who has obstructive sleep apnea or even primary snoring, um, it's listening to that person, looking at their their data, the sleep study stuff from the so on. Is this an appropriate therapy? And talking about those things. And now, kind of, we touched upon this before: is when you offer these options. So let's say it's a mild mild sleep apnea. We got their nose working, but we need to get their uh, sleep apnea treated. Um, and you know, the, you often you offer even handedly. You know, there's a couple options. We get your nose working. We can we can get you into a CPAP machine. It, it through a nose that's open. It's actually fairly mellow. It's just little little um, you know sort of prongs that sit in the nose. It'll push air in the back of your throat. That'll keep the back of your throat open. So here's one option, and I think that would be a good option for you. On the other hand, there's a, a different way of going about doing this. There's an oral appliance which is like retainers that, to wear, that you wear on your upper and lower teeth, and what they're doing is helping to keep your mouth shut to 
some extent, but, but they're mostly just pulling your lower jaw forward. When your lower jaw comes forward, your airway is open. And, you know, that could be a good, good option for you as well. Um, and then, you know, the additional factors between the two with CPAP, um, there's a machine that's recording data every night. So we know every single night, you know, how long you're using it, is it working? So forth and so on. So, that, so it, it's, it's smart in that way. So there's a, maybe additional benefit in, in going in that direction. The oral pines doesn't have that same capability. Um, and, you know, therefore how we, how we tend to do that is when we get you an oral appliance, we'll have to get it titrated. Then we'll do a sleep study in the back end of that to make sure that it's working appropriately. Which, you know, I, I gave way, that's not my talking track. I, I wouldn't throw that much information at somebody that quickly, but regardless, I'd say, and, you know, and if I have opinion, maybe I'll offer it at this point. I'd, maybe I'll say, you know, with your, with your degree of sleep apnea, um, I think the CPAP is going to be the right way to go. And if it's, uh, now here's the deal though, if we get you in a CPAP and it's working well, we're going to know that from the machine, but we're going to know that from you. If it, and so we want to make sure that this is working for you. If it isn't working for you, we need to know that. And we always have the option of going the other direction to an oral appliance. On the flip side, say somebody wants to go oral appliance therapy, you just have the conversation the other way. Well, we, hey, we, we, let's, we'll give this a go and we'll see how things go. And um, if you're doing well with it and the sleep study is, is confirming that, we're gr that's great. And most of these appliances last a long time, so forth and so on. If we try it, it doesn't work for you, we can always go towards a CPAP. And so anyway, I, I gave you way more information than you were looking for. But that when you, when you have that conversation, I guess my point being, when you have that conversation, it isn't 50-50 if you're offering uh, folks those choices. It's like 90-10, meaning like 90% of people actually want oral appliance therapy and like 10, for whatever reason, want uh, CPAP. And that's even-handed. Um, that's me not tipping the hand, you know, my hands at all. Sure. So I, I honestly think that for the world at large, let's just look at this country, the country this country at large, the majority of individuals who are in CPAP machines should be in oral appliance therapy instead of CPAP. They just have never been given the choice. And maybe they don't have a nose that's working either, but that's a separate, you know, sort of uh, discussion. Yeah. So with that handoff that you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh, what, what would typically, how, how would they fumble? You know, all the way, I mean, all the ways that human beings fumble. And when I say human beings, I mean, you know, dentists as well as their staff. So the fumbles would be, um, not getting the patient in, um, not communicating about where we are with that patient, not getting the patient back for a sleep study. That was like a consistent, I mean, I don't, I don't think we ever, I literally don't think we ever figured out the right way to go. Here's the ball, get them in an appliance, get them titrated, get them back for the sleep study. That just never really happened with consistency, which is not the, the worst sin in the world, but, but, but what that ended up meaning to me is that the trust factor goes down a bit. And then, you know, I think there were certainly over the course of time as we used various dentists, then there were some dentists that got, you know, they're the ones that, you know, the sort of out of network, you know, jack up the price kind of thing. And that was, that's sort of like a non-starter. And then there's another group of dentists. I don't even know what it was probably, you guys probably have a name for them in the dental sleep community, but the kind of the, um, I call them the uh, the crystals and the 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 crystal holders and the chakra whatever strokers, um, the people who think that um, that sort of all of life and the life beyond is somehow there's some this magical thing that happens with oral appliances. I, do you know what I'm talking about at all or not? There are people who believe that <laughs> that um, I don't, I, there's some chiropractors in the same camp and there's some physicians in the same camp that they have. Um, 
this sort of mystical thinking about things that okay. uh, when I open your airway, it's going to open your sixth chakra and your energy level will be, you know, harmonized. And I'm very simple. I'm not, I'm not mystical. I'm very simple. And I'd say, dude, you, your throat shuts at night. When I, when I get this appliance in your mouth, it's going to hold that open. Yeah. So your throat doesn't shut. And you know, now the magic is, is when your throat doesn't shut at night, all of a sudden, instead of stopping breathing a hundred times, maybe you'll do it five and that's magical. So, but I'm not going to talk about the magic. So I guess I'm, I'm just, maybe I'm going in a weird direction, but I'd, I'd say there are some dental sleep practitioners that, uh, kind of weirded my patients and therefore me out. And we said, that's probably not a great fit for us. I don't know. Does that make we, any sense? We walk in different circles. I don't know that the chakra stroke. Well, I'd stay away from the chakra strokers. Yeah, I'll but, stay away. Yeah, and yeah. don't have your chakra stroked. Yeah. I, I would discourage you from that. At least not on camera. <laughs> exactly. When, uh, when, when it did work, yeah. when it does work, yeah. What are you seeing different? What are you seeing different from chakra stroking and, and fumbling? <laughs> it, um, I mean, uh, the, the simplest thing is seeing a patient who's, uh, you know, has optimal care, in my opinion. To me, optimal, what is, again, I have a, an opinion about what, what optimal yeah, means. Yeah, define, define. Optimal means, I mean, really from a, like if we just talk about the breathing triangle, um, air, no, nose airway patent, sinus airway patent, lining, calm, throat open. I mean, it's not rocket science. You bang down that list and you could get somebody in that state in a minimally invasive fashion, meaning uh, office-based nose and sinus procedures, uh, oral appliance therapy, you, and there's a lot of people who would qualify for something like that. Um, you've done something for somebody that the system around you uh, is not only incapable of doing, they're not going to do it because there are too many vested interests in the failed uh, order that exists, if that makes sense. So basically, back to being the change that you want to see in the world, you know, the benefit of a collaboration like that is that we've been the change that we want to see in the world. We've done something that could be done in 2023, 20, you know, whatever year we're in uh, when we're doing this that is uh, exactly the optimization of the technology that exists today. Uh, it's simple, it's effective, it's clean, it's, it's all good. And, um, and, and it's a bit of a F you to the system that, that isn't good, if that makes sense. So when it works, it works extraordinarily well. And even when it fails, let me go this way, this is a weird direction to go in. And when it fails, it fails wonderfully. Meaning that we back to what I was just talking about before when I was showing you the hand thing is, well, it's a different hand. The, the chakra thing is a different hand thing, but this different hand thing that I was just going at, but this, this my even hand and my CPAP oral appliance therapy thing. Sure. Like there's no sin when you, when you have a honest, um, informed discussion with a patient about their options and they choose as a specific example, oral appliance therapy. And for whatever reason, just doesn't work for them. They, they can't tolerate it. Whatever. It's not doing the, tr the trick. And we move into CPAP for that patient, nasal CPAP. That's not a failure. That's a victory. Um, now it's a failure if you, if you knew it was going to fail and you try to like game the system, I'm not talking sure. about, it. I'm, I'm saying, no, no, here are your options. And you know, you choose this and it doesn't work for you. Now we move over here. Um, that's good. You know, th that's where in my mind with kind of, um, you know, where that is, where there is that collaboration between medicine and dentistry, where is that openness to, um, finding the right option for each individual? 
there's a partnership with the patients that we're treating um, that is um, profoundly human, profoundly humane, and um, is is incapable of failing, failing even when it doesn't achieve the outcomes that are desired. I don't know if that makes sense. So to me, like that's the, you know, as, as flawed human beings as I am, at least, um, I like to have systems that work um, for flawed people like me. And um, when you have something like that, it's, it's beautiful, it's profound. And most of uh, things in medicine and dentistry aren't like that. You know, most things are um, just not um, optimal. So yeah, I mean, it's a, I guess my, my statement on that is, you know, when it works well um, for when, when, and again, and, and let me just state this thing. And I stated it earlier is there is no important, there is no more important health issue than the issue that we're talking about. Therefore, meaning everything in the body is downstream from what we call the breathing triangle. Everything is downstream. Everything is less important than breathing. Everything. Your heart is, your brain is, you know, whatever the case may be. So, like as an example, if if your chakra stopped working and you fell on the ground and you're out of it, and we called nine one one and they came in here, they'd be following the ABCs, and they do it in that order. And if they don't have A, they're not moving on to B and C yet. Um, in day to day life, for for people walking around the world, somehow ABCs don't matter, and airway is first, um, and therefore, I, I guess I'd say there's sort of allows me to be as simple minded as I actually am, which is like, dude, I just have to focus on the airway. I just, I got to get your nose working. I got to get your throat open. Everything else is downstream. I feel like, um, dental sleep and medicine and sleep medicine, um, overcomplicates things. There's a lot of talk about insomnia and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, I, I, you know what, I, that's downstream. You know, let's get them breathing. Let's get them breathing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, and now it's like, well, you know, the, the naysayer would say, well, that's not enough. I mean, there's so many other things. And I'd say, you know what? Until we get this A thing down sound, I don't think we're capable of doing all these other things. Um, and I've been in conferences where I kind of, you know, stick out a bit as a sore thumb is because we're, we're talking about 10,000 different things about this patient. And I'm like, is their nose working? Do we know that is there, we got something to make sure the throat's open, you know, and it's, there's this tendency to chase bright, shiny objects sure. that, um, infects, uh, everybody, especially clinicians. And we, you know, at the end of the day, I guess, at least as I see it, this isn't that complicated. It's very simple. And the tools and technologies we have today, oral appliance therapy being a very important one, um, are sufficient to get the job done without any question. So, but it requires collaboration it, in this day and age, you know, typically it, most practices, it requires a dentist who gets it combined with a physician who gets it and who are willing to work together. Um, and that's a, that's a rarity in my, at least from what I know and what I've seen, I don't think that happens very often. And that's something I really want to delve more into, but right now I've got to cancel my chakra stroking yeah, appointment exactly that's i, I yeah I, I know you signed up for that we got to get rid of that so next time next time on out of breath oral appliance therapy is a medical treatment true or false keep going true or false just keep going if it's not a medical treatment what condition are we treating with oral appliance therapy obstructive sleep which is a medical condition okay agree yes <laughs> very difficult witness here.